0: I wanted to take a little time uh, in this podcast to talk about how, how it is that we best stand up for truth in this world. Um, I've spent a lot of time in my sermons and even in my podcast saying, you know what, it's time for Christians to speak up um, and to uh, stand up for truth. Uh, and I've talked a little bit about something called cancel culture. And cancel culture is just the pressure that culture puts on you um, to not speak up and to not say what your view is. And what's really interesting in in today's times, and I've noticed this more um, honestly in maybe the last two plus months, um, the left has started speaking out against cancel culture. It's like it started from the left, but it's from such the extreme element of the left that they're even trying to cancel the left which the left doesn't like. And it's just becoming extremism, uh, which has learned to kind of shout down um, the other side. You know, it it, it used to be, honestly, when I was a kid, it was people who were on the right, you know, whether the neo-Nazis, the KKK or whoever, um, that would uh, shout down the other side and intimidate them. And I don't know when it changed. It seems like it's probably been about 20 years ago or so. Um, the the left kind of learned those tactics and use them quite effectively to uh, people on the extreme left to shout down not only people on the right, but people who are on the left. And and that's why you just read more and more articles of, of people who we would normally consider pretty liberal, uh, sounding the alarm about cancel culture. So anyways, if what we're needing to do is to speak truth in a world that doesn't recognize truth anymore, and when we do, um, we'll be attacked for it. I remember I, I when Frito-Lay several years ago or something uh, was openly supporting um, agendas and, and uh, the sexuality issue in ways that... I to me, they didn't need to get involved in. Um, I just put uh, a comment on their Facebook post, um, saying how uh, how disappointed that I was, and probably threatened to not eat Frito Lay. N- not that you can do that because they own like everything uh, in the in the snack uh, in the snack world, it seems. But um, man alive, I had people attacking me, um, not only on that thread but on my own Facebook page. Um, saying, hey, uh, I see you got three kids there. Boy, that, that boy of yours looks like a swinger. And, you know, basically then, you know, threats kind of coming to and stuff like that. And that's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, why even bother speaking up in public forums like that? Because you're going to be threatened. Um, and so I'm not a huge social media fan for that reason, because everyone's got keyboard courage and so forth. But um, they just learned how to just shout you down so that you. You quit. You surrender. You're like it's not worth it. Well, I was thinking this this week. I, I've been enjoying watching, and I, I shouldn't really say enjoying. Um, it's not really enjoying, but it's interesting watching uh, the governor of New York, uh, Cuomo, uh, who uh, is doing a pretty good job surviving. Oh, the fact that he lied about the deaths in nursing homes. Um, he's got. He's up to like six or eight uh, sexual misconduct charges against him. Um, and, uh, and there's been a few other things too. Oh yeah. Uh, charges of him basically, um, threatening his political opponents to, you know, just he, he's a bully. He's, he's a bully, um, kind of a intimidating, um, you know, I'm going to punch in the nose type of Mm. politician. Uh, and uh, and he's surviving. He's still in office. Even though uh, they started impeachment proceedings against him, a lot of people called for his resignation. Um, he just hasn't done it. He continues to do what he's been doing. And um, honestly, I, I'm not even hearing as much about it anymore. Um, so the question is, is how does someone like him, who has uh, multiple reasons why he should be probably stepping down and not running again, um, how's he surviving this? And if you read up on his history, um, there's been other uh, pretty significant attacks against him that he has survived as well. How in the world does he do it? Well, it, the same way that, uh, you know, someone on the Republican side who was our president for the last four years uh, successfully did it. Well, until he wasn't reelected. But um, they just choose not to hear uh, and to react to the accusations, whether they be true, uh, whether they be false. Um, it, they, they just ignore it. Um, and the more he ignores the stuff news no longer becomes news because we've already heard for several weeks about the eight women that have pressed these charges. And until something new comes along, um, the press has a short attention span. They yell squirrel, they turn, and they start running to other things. And you just have to survive the storm. And when you survive the storm, then you know what? Um, You're able to kind of continue as the governor of New York. He'll probably get reelected. So... Uh, I think that's an interesting strategy and a tactic that we have to learn on the right, for much purer motives, of course. But um, I've told people in the past who struggle with um, uh, just how other people feel about them, or uh, problems at, at work, or just you know different things like that. One of my catchphrases when I talk to people is, "Tune out the chatter." Um, You know, people have these earbuds in nowadays and they walk around and they just can't hear anything because um, they're choosing to hear what they want to hear. You almost have to do that as you go through life. And when you learn to speak the truth, and I've always said you speak it in love, you're going to hear a lot of chatter. You're going to hear a lot of complaining when you're trying to make improvements in your lives. People are going to be not... Liking the improvements you're making because they're not, and they're going to be trying to get you to go back into your dysfunction. And there's going to be all this chatter, all this mocking, all this uh, just, just, uh, just. Uh, chomping at your behind verbally uh to try to get you to to change course to stop saying what you're saying to stop doing what you're doing and you have to learn to just block it out to not hear it to not care it And the fine line care about it uh the fine line is is that you have to be willing to listen to criticism when that criticism is due and so that's my challenge as a pastor is I, I I learned to t- tune out the chatter But I will initially listen to it for a half of a second, right, Uh, for for a little bit to make sure that there's no truth in it. And if there's truth in it, and if multiple people are saying it, then I, I need to make some changes. But more times than not, um, you're just hearing it from people who have different opinions on things. For instance, yesterday, I received a phone call. I wasn't able to get it because I was in the middle of doing something. And it was from a member who I knew, who I could see it on their face from my sermon on Sunday, wasn't happy with some of the stuff that I was saying. Um, I did try to call the person back and, and was you know certainly going to, as a pastor, be willing to listen to their complaint. But at the exact same moment that that call is coming through, the reason I can't get it is I've got another member about the same age um, who is sitting there in my doorway just saying, wow, your messages are really good lately. Keep at it. Keep at it. And I'm I'm just laughing because here you have two different chatters, right? You know, one sitting there saying, hey, you're doing a great job. The other one saying, you know what, how can you think about something that way? This offends me. And, and, And you have to be able to process through that in real time. And know that you're not doing what you're doing and saying what you're saying to get people's approval. And so you have to be able to tune out that chatter, the chatter that would have you keep uh, hurling insults to hurt people that they want to see hurt or to tune out the chatter for the people who would say, you know what, your your truth is is divisive. It's hurtful. Um, That's not how reality really is. You got to be able to tune it out really on both ends. Um, And and that's something you've got to teach yourself to do. Um, And I I realized this, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, I realized that I needed to intentionally uh, teach myself to drown out external stimuli. And so I do that by, I fast um, a a few times a year uh, for 24 hours up to three or four days at a time. So I can tune out the stimuli of, hey, I'm hungry. Um, there, my first, uh, uh, year in my, uh, in my house, um, I swam in my pool until Thanksgiving. And I kid you not, that water was, uh, it was in the fifties, um, maybe even the upper forties. And I would swim for anywhere between, uh, when it's that cold, 15 minutes to an hour. I tried to do an hour, but I would literally swim until like I was losing feeling in in and limbs <laughs> in the last swam I did that year, um, Uh, one arm wasn't working. I think both legs were, and one arm was, but the other one, (laughs) I swear to you, it literally wasn't working. Um, I thought, I should probably get out of the water, and of course, uh, it started working again, which is a good thing. But once again, why? To say that, you know what? I don't care how cold this water gets. I'm not going to allow this stimuli uh, to affect what I'm trying to do, and that is, is I'm trying to swim. Um, you're not going. Some of you aren't going to like to hear this, but I've done where I'm driving down a two-lane country road. No one on the road, mind you. No one on the road. No pedestrians. No houses. No other cars. But a little bit of a bumpy, uh, hilly road, and I will go um, at, at a speed that I probably shouldn't, um, and, and I do it for short periods of time um, in order to try to block out. You know the trees that are whizzing by, um, the you know the the the, the terrain, the, the the bumps, the different things like that. I mean, I'm not Duke, Dukes of Hazarding, hazarding it. Uh, if you've ever watched the show Dukes of Hazard, but just in a way to say, all right, block out the trees, block out what's kind of going on around you. Mind you, there's no people, so don't email me complaining that I'm like going to kill someone. No, I'm not. Um, and I don't even plan myself, but, but just to block out the stimuli that's around me and be able to focus on the road that I'm driving and only the road that I'm driving. Um, once again, short periods of time, but to force me to focus on just one thing. And and, and, and when, I, when I do that with the swimming, when I do that with the fasting, when I've done that in the past on the driving, I, I'm doing it for the sole purpose of that when you can tune out everything else that's trying to come at you and distract you and get you off course, then it allows you to stay on course. And, and so that, that has gone a long ways to helping me over the past year as I've tried to lead our church through this pandemic um, very early on in the process as it was um, uh, coming across uh, Italy and had, was even here in the United States and everyone's freaking out. Um, I, I'm looking at it and from a logical perspective, I'm like, I just don't see the panic. Um, and, and then I'm feeling spiritually like God's telling me, you know what, faith over fear. And, uh, and, and, and don't don't back down and so um, I chose not to um, I chose to block out the stimuli of, of everyone yelling the skies falling um, very early on when I was keeping the church open and I was preaching messages like I, I preached this last Sunday which talked about the fact that um, that the sign of the end times is people just caring about peace and safety and and, and and it gets such of our focus that that like we our life revolves around that and that's not biblical and so I I'm saying this as the pandemic starting, and I've got a couple members who are, um, you know, pushing back on me and and saying I'm being unbiblical. Um, I had another family who chose uh, for whatever reasons, because uh, they had a, a child that they had medical concerns for. They wanted me to do a mask service, and I wasn't going to do a mask service. Why? Because. Th- all indications are every state that required masks had infection rates as high as everyone else did. Every you know school that was requiring it was still having to send kids home left and right. They just don't seem to work. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to uh, pretend that, that this is going to keep you and your family safe. If you're really worried about dying from this, j- just in order to make you feel better, to make it look like we're doing something about it. I just had a conversation with my, uh, uh, primary doctor about this on Wednesday. And I'm like, man, of all my doctors, you, you take this within, uh, the, the, the respect and the proper proportion that it needs to. When are you going to stop all this nonsense? And he just said, you know what, if, 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 you know, I wasn't requiring everyone to wear masks if we weren't temperature checking, if we weren't doing all these different things. He said, you know, I wouldn't have any staff that would come in. And sometimes it's easier to just go with the flow uh, than to try to re-educate the people. And, and this is from my primary doctor and I have all the respect for him in the world. But but that's just, that's what counterculture is. That's what our culture is, is they just shout you down if you if you're not doing what they think that you should, and it just perpetuates fear and it perpetuates dysfunction and so forth. And so all that's going on in, in ministry. And, and I've done these things in order to kind of block that all out. Um, you know, I, I've been yelled at by community members and uh, a couple members who've now gone on their way um, uh, for things that I put on my sign. And, and I, I had someone from the community not too long ago uh, accuse me of uh, using our sign to be divisive and, and And we had a great conversation back and forth. And I said, listen, what I'm saying is not divisive. It's just truth. And so I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm just trying to paint contrast between how we understand things and how God's word speaks in today's time versus what uh, the vast majority of society, you know, believes in and buys into. Um, I've been turned into the health department. Um, We've had, you know, someone that drives by the church and they see the sign and they send us an email saying, you guys are killing people by not requiring masks. And then that person will literally tell everyone at their work to send emails. And so you'll get 10 or 15 emails on a single day, just people, killing you, breaking you over the coals for your sign. And it's funny, one time when this was going on, someone called our office and said, hey, I want you to know my coworker saw your sign and she's telling everyone she can to send you a hate-filled email, but I want you guys to know um, I appreciate you guys. You guys are doing the right thing and keep it up. You see, this is the, the, this is what goes on in our world. People try to skew your perspective about what reality is by just piling on. And when we speak up for truth, people are going to do that. And all of a sudden, we're going to think, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to have any friends. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, my gosh, you know, know, all these bad things are going to happen to me. Why? Because it seems like the whole world's against you. And it's not that they are. It's just the people who would agree with you won't speak up and the people who are on that far of the the other end of the spectrum, they love to shout you down. Now, mind you, there's a whole bunch of people in between. There's moderates on the right and moderates on the left and we tolerate that, hey, there's differences and if it floats your boat, okay, no big deal. It's only the extremists who would try to shout you down and who would try to curtail free speech and who would try to curtail uh, truth. So, um, you know, to kind of get to the point of all of what what I'm wanting to say in the podcast, it's this, is that I truly believe that God is calling for the church to speak up. But know that when you do, not only the cancel culture, but just how uh, the extremes work within our society, um, the extremes, especially in these days, the extremes on the left will do everything possible to shout you down. And the only way that you'll be able to take a stand is is to learn to uh, tune out the chatter, right? That's all it is, is chatter. It's people who don't like what you think, like what you believe, and they want to see you change and they want to see you shut up. Don't. What is the worst that's going to happen to you? And listen, take a lesson from the governor of New York, even when like he's doing some things that he probably should be stepping aside from right? He's ignoring it and he's staying in office and he's ultimately probably going to get reelected. How much more so those for us who are speaking up for the truth when we just stand firm in that truth and, and you wait that storm out uh, pretty soon they're gonna stop emailing you until the next wacko drives by and hears what you're saying or sees what you're saying then it's going to start again but but you become used to the tactics. And then the tactics don't bother you anymore because you've learned to tune out the chatter. So as you speak up for truth, as you speak up for your faith, as you stand firm in your faith, I encourage you do just that. Stand firm and tune out the chatter. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you next time.